Welcome to the Plexus Presidential Podcast Series. We're excited to have Dr. Tony Floyd, President of Mars Hill University, as our guest. And I'll tell you, so I always like to start with your journey. And, you know, the question that I ask, um, you know, that kicks things off is, you know, who, who are the, men- the mentors that really created and shaped your journey to the presidency at Mars Hill? Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm really excited to talk to you today. I, I was thinking about this a little bit and the probably one of the most influential things that ever happened to me from a mentor was I was about 17 years old and I was, uh, I was a pretty troubled kid. You know, I was, I was not the perfect kid. And a uh, high school football coach grabbed me one day and he looked at me and said, you're going to be my quarterback next year. And I laughed at him because I had never played football. And uh, long story short, it turned out I ended up starting at quarterback the next year. And I went from this kid who uh, just needed a lot of guidance to being a leader on my football team. And from that point forward, I have been blessed to have lots of mentors in my life. So I've had four or five or six really incredible people who wrapped their arms around me, giving me candid advice, um, and lit a fire under me when, when I needed that. And so I, I've had incredible people. Um, coaches, I've had, uh, I, I was an, on a foundation in Hartsville, South Carolina called the Byerly Foundation. It's a healthcare legacy foundation. And a guy named Richard Puffer, who was a professor at Coker College, but he also led the foundation. He always gave me great advice and and helped me get the courage to move from a law practice into uh, a higher ed position. And from that point forward, once I got into higher ed, I've been blessed to work for a president who invested in me. I got into the Council of Independent Colleges presidential mission and vocation program. So I had President Fred Oles took care of me in that program. I was an ACE fellow at the American Council on Education. So I've had, uh, I've just been lucky, man. A lot of people have poured into me. That's great. And so how many years did you start a quarterback in high school? (laughs) Just one. (laughs) Senior year? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's great. Where'd you go to high school? I went to a high school called Thomas Hart in Hartsville, South Carolina. Um, And I, I actually made it to about the eighth game and I broke my hip. So I didn't make it through the whole year. So, Wow. What an experience though, to be able to your point, to be in that position where you're almost forced to lead as the quarterback. Yeah. In fact, I was speaking to a group of students this week and I had about 15 young people in the classroom, but about four or five of them were football players that are coming in and they're, they're taking some courses in the summer, but I was trying to explain to them when it's fourth down and 30 seconds to go and the crowd's going crazy, you got to step up in the huddle and you got to, you got to get your team behind you and you got to take care of your offensive linemen and you've got to be a communicator. So don't just, just think that leadership's for somebody else. It is going to happen to you sooner or later. And, and I, it's funny that we're talking about the same thing here. Well, and I, and I believe one of your alums is Mike Houston. Yes. coached East Carolina and had a great career at James Madison. 
Yes, Mike. Uh, in fact, Mike just went into the Mars Hill University Athletic Hall of Fame. He is a, a star and uh, a rising star in, in big time football, but he also gives back to Mars Hill University and some of the other schools where he's coached. And we've been blessed to have Mike and his family uh, back on campus just, just since the pandemic. So what are the top three initiatives that you're focused on every day? I'll tell you the biggest initiative I'm focused on right now is, is Mars Hill University is building a new campus center. And so I'm in a capital campaign mode to raise $20 million uh, to build a new campus center. So if you were to be on our campus today, you would see uh, a lot of buildings and a lot of older buildings and a lot of new buildings, and, but everything's really spread out and we don't really have a true campus center and so our board of trustees has embarked on a, a capital campaign to, to fix that. And so we are uh, dialed into raising money and designing a brand new state-of-the-art higher ed student-centric type building. And so I'm very, very involved in that. Um, so how do you go about, I'm, in, from an endowment standpoint, from a, a capital campaign fund, fundraising standpoint specifically, how do you go about doing that? What's what's the approach to start generating and, and fund, gathering up fundraising dollars for this initiative? Well, first of all, you have to have a vision and you have to cast a vision for the constituents that you serve. And so our board of trustees, uh, working with my office and working with the people who work here on the campus, we've been casting a vision of what we want Mars Hill University to look like in the future. My team has been focused over the last few months about planning the Mars Hill University of 2035. And, but you have to, you have to coalesce a, a, a group of people together that all um, believe in the, in the future. And you have to cast a vision of what you wanna see. And so the Mars Hill of the 60s and 70s, where men and women were on separate hills, um, separate mountains, so to speak, you know, that world has changed and, and now people live together. And so we are working to build a university that um, brings everybody together. So this campus center will be a crossroads to create um, incredible constellation of mentors for young people. And uh, so we've been casting the vision of being together, of uh, creating an intentional place for faculty and students to, to be together, have comfortable workspace for students, to have a state-of-the-art dining facility, to have a state-of-the-art fitness center. So you can just imagine all the things we're talking about, but you have to cast that vision and you have to identify people who you believe are warm to that vision. And sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't, but you have to get on the road. And also though, I believe fundamentally, you have to have relationships with your alumni, your board of trustees, your, your alumni boards, your board of advisors, with parents and um, you, you have to not just go ask people for money, but you have to be building relationships over a number of years to create trust that you can execute on that vision, which, which turns into the mission of the institution. So we have been doing that, casting the vision, uh, creating renderings, creating uh, animated animations that we send out on social media and, and email I'm on the stump. I have been speaking everywhere I can possibly go. We have uh, had 
alumni events in multiple states. I'm about to, to travel into Virginia next week. So you, you just have to mobilize. And then there is a network of people who just really believe in Mars Hill University. And you have to get them to pull together and connect you to people. You have to be able to write grants. You have to be able to talk to foundations. And, um, but most of all, you got to build trust and you got you to have a vision. So our, our university has trustees with incredible vision incredible love for the institution and all that is a perfect mix to raise money and to do what we need to do to make this place great. So you talk about relationships and that is so critical. How are you building relationships and continuing to strengthen relationships um, in the in the local community and with businesses? Well I'm very involved first of all and so um, I have, I have been involved with the merchants group downtown. If you were to drive into Mars Hill today, you would see some empty storefronts. Our, our Mars Hill merchants have responded to that by having something called First Fridays, where we rope off the streets and we, we have things going on. We, we bring in things for the, for the young kids. We have face painting. Our national championship Bailey Mountain Cloggers close off the street and teach young people in the community how to clog and dance. Uh, we have food trucks, we have uh, different things in, in various locations. And so I've been involved in that effort. Uh, also, I've been very involved with our elected leaders. I host them on campus multiple times a year to update them on what's going on at Mars Hill University. We are working with the Main Street program through the governor's office to, to build a vignette of what the future of the downtown will look like. So I get to speak into that and get to sit shoulder to shoulder with some of the elected officials. Uh, I'm very involved with the Land of Sky Regional Council. Uh, I've been very involved with the Duke University Leadership Forum, which is working on affordable housing issues for Western North Carolina. Um, I'm involved in a lot of things. And so it's being there, it's trying to be a part of the community. It's going to Rotary Clubs. It's um, going into churches and speaking in churches, and it's going to it just in the coffee shop to see people and be a regular person and not not be someone who sits in an office and uh, is is just you see a picture of them. I I try to get out into the community, and my wife has has been working um, in a job here locally and gotten to know a lot of people. So that's that's how we do it. So what are the key steps uh, in ensuring net tuition revenue and profitability? Well, to ensure it, uh, that's a very strong word. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, you have to, to really plan. And the key to having uh, a profitable bottom line is you've got to have good enrollment. You've got to have strong uh, subscription to, to what you're offering. Uh, so it's, it's partly uh, enrollment. It's also being very careful with introducing new cost. It's also trying to become efficient in how you deliver things as far as, as um, staffing up. So as staffing, it is looking at the number of faculty you have. Um, it, it is all those type of things that, that go into it. So we have been very careful. In fact, uh, I'm proud to tell you, and I, you may have already seen it, but if you go back about three or four weeks on Forbes, 
they came out with a huge article on the financial state of universities. And they looked at, I think about 900 schools in the country. They listed Mars Hill University as one of the 10 achievers in the country. And, um, you know, it was incredible to be on that list. And, and we made huge gains over the last couple of cycles. Our retention has, has shot up by 15% during the time that I've been at Mars Hill, not because of me, but because of the team and, and partly because of the stimulus money. And we've also seen a 10 to 11% jump in our um, returners getting registered for classes. And it's just been a really good run for Mars Hill, but that, that you have to focus on all those variables and you have to have a little bit of luck, you know? I think um, things have to go smoothly. You have to have a campus where young people want to stay. It's easy sometimes to get them here, to keep them is another challenge when they have a lot of options and it's, and it's very expensive to go to college. So we, we are focused on getting them here. We're focused on keeping them here through attention initiatives. We're doing things like um, building the campus center so they have an incredible place to thrive. We've renovated our dining facility this summer. And when the students come back in, in two to three weeks, they're gonna see just a totally new look in the dining facility with new equipment. It is having engaged student body through student government, student life initiatives, intramurals. Uh, we have something here called Fill the Hill where we fill up the stadium. Uh, we, have, we have drives to fill up the stadium or fill up the basketball arena for big games. Um, we do, we're doing all those things at once to guarantee net tuition revenue continues to rise. But when you distill it down, it's enrollment and it's expense management. Mm -hmm. You have to do both of those at the same time. Absolutely. Um, where does online learning fall into this? Online learning falls into it at Mars Hill um, through our adult program. And so... Um, just since I arrived in 2018, when I got here, Mars Hill was not uh, accredited, so to speak, to offer online programming. And we, we went through my first year and got, got permission from SAC COC to, to do that. And that, that turned out to be a great move because as you know, March of 2020, I think that was the date we had to flip the switch and go online. But now we have a business degree online. We have multiple master's programs that are online and we have some hybrid things going on. And so we, we've introduced a lot of flexibility for our professors. Uh, we've, we've done a lot of stuff during the pandemic that we never thought we would be able to do. And I, I um, applaud my, my university community for being willing to, to go there. And so do you find most of your, just switching back to uh, traditional age under, undergraduate on campus students, residential students, do you find most of your students through feeder high schools? Uh, well, first of all, I would say that we find we have a lot of students who come here through Division II athletics. Um, it is a huge magnet. We have 23 sports. I think that is the number that we currently have. Uh, so we, we attract a lot of students through that. We also have a theater program. We have a vibrant uh, music program, which has vocals, instrumental, uh, we have music theater. We have all types of things. We even have esports. Since I got here, we initiated esports. We have magnets that draw students here, and um, our coaches are are out doing a lot of recruiting. 
And um, so if your, your question is what, what draws people here, um, it is those type of things. I believe the university of the future will have more and more of those magnets. Uh, some of the big universities, uh, maybe like one you attended would have such vibrant um, weekend activities and things that, that students really wanna do in a bigger city. Uh, we don't have that type of environment. We have a, a little bit more quiet and, and peace and calm here. And our stadium, would, for example, would hold probably 3,000 students uh, and, and people in the community. So it's a much different draw. And I think it's geared toward attracting people who are specifically looking for a particular emphasis they want to do. Mm -hmm. So on a day-to-day -day basis, kind of a general question, but what, what are you passionate about? Hmm. Brad, I am passionate about helping young people find their purpose in life. Um, I don't equivocate on that. I don't hide that. I talk about it everywhere I go. And it's all because of my own story. And uh, I had a, I had a, I've had this incredible life, but it took me to later in, in my career to realize where I belonged. And I don't want young people to miss uh, part of their life, figuring out what they want to do with their life. I want them to leave here knowing a direction and knowing uh, that they've at least ruled out some things they want to do. And I want them to get to a point of production quicker than I did. I spent 23 years practicing law and um, I, won't, I won't go into my whole story, but pretty much on Sunday nights, I was miserable. I didn't want to go to work on Monday. And now I'm around young people. I'm in this vibrant environment. I can't wait to get to work on Monday morning. I want my students to have that, that life, not the, the 23 years that I had before. Although I had moments where it was very rewarding. Um, I want my students to be able to live on purpose. I want them to be great citizens. Our country needs us to create citizens. I'm passionate about that. And um, it sounds cliche, but I, I believe that is what higher ed is about. And with the way our country is going, we have to do our part. Marsville University is determined to do that. It's been part of our mission statement for decades. And uh, that's, that's what we're trying to do here. Well, maybe talk a little bit about um, the importance of values, the importance of integrity, and the, importance, and the importance of focusing on what you love to do versus going after a paycheck. Yeah, well, the same group of students I talked to, and I mentioned to you 10 minutes ago, I told them my story, uh, thriving law practice, um, lots of stuff going on, very involved in the community, making good money, living in the house on the golf course type thing, and just feeling empty at night. And, and um, money, when you're young, you, you look for a way to make money and get that convertible or get get that fancy house. And that's not what life's about. It takes you maybe to middle age to figure that out. But um, values, I think that, that many of our students at Mars Hill believe um, they know where they want to go and, and we, we help them uncover paths to doing that. So let's talk a little bit about diversity. Um, you know, in interviewing other presidents, you know, you often hear 
diversity doesn't mean a lot without inclusion and belonging. So how is that promoted at Mars Hill? Well, first of all, if you were to be here on move-in day and survive that, that first day on campus of moving your furniture in and, and trying to find the dining hall and getting your parents out of here, <laughs> um, I think it's that first Sunday night. We have move-in day on Saturdays. That Sunday night, um, we host an ice cream social. I, I try to do that. I'm, I'm kind of there in line helping them scoop the ice cream. But at the end of the ice cream line, it's become tradition at Mars Hill that there's a t-shirt at the end of that ice cream line that says, I belong at Mars Hill University. They take those t-shirts and they tie dye them. And, and you will see though, our students wearing them, our freshmen are wearing them all over campus. And when I got here, I thought, you know, that's, you know, that's kind of gimmicky. But I also realized pretty quickly that when you leave home, you leave your friends, leave your family, you go to this place where you really don't even know where everything is, you want a sense of belonging. And um, we, we began to talk about it their first day on campus, that you belong here, you're not an imposter, you're probably the first in your family at Mars Hill to, to go to college. We have about 50 to 60% of our students are first gen. And we try to intentionally create an atmosphere where it's okay to say, I don't know, what to do next, or I don't know what a registrar does, or I don't know, why should I go by the business office, you know, so we try to teach them that they belong. We also have first year experience classes. So at Mars Hill, in your first year, you were in a cohort of 15. You were together the whole semester. And, and really, I think the second semester as well, where you are together, you're building friendships, and it's, it's a first year experience class is very general. And we work on building those relationships. We also begin to have evening events. We have our student life uh, programming geared toward helping them feel they belong. We have a number of student organizations that usually takes them a few weeks to get up and running. But we have lots and lots of um, affinity groups, so to speak, where they can go and meet people like them. Uh, and I honestly, I'll tell you, one of the things I do I do it all the time. It's the fun part of the job. I go flop down at the dining hall tables with them and just strike up a conversation and watch the terror in their eyes when I sit down. <laughs> they really don't want to talk to me at first, but I want them to know I love them and care about them. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's the culture here that we know our, our students and our faculty know our students and the staff who work here tend to know our students. It's a small place, so it, it leads to that. And uh, it really becomes a hard place to hide. So people, people um, have to really work not to find a place where they can, they can fit in. It's not natural to young people. I tell the story of my daughter. My daughter um, is a gifted musician, a vocalist. She uh, has been on big stages. She's performed in Carnegie Hall. She's done all these things. Wow. When she was a freshman, I, uh, I worked at the college where she was. So I noticed that, um, you know, I was looking, I noticed that she had not been swiping her meal card. And so I realized like, she's not, she not eating. What? I paid for this meal plan, why aren't you eating? And she said, dad, I don't have anybody to, to go eat with. So here's, here's a young lady who had starred in plays, 
who has can stand in front of a crowd of a thousand people and belt out um, any a, a, an Italian wow. aria. Yeah. But when it came time to go to the dining hall, she she didn't feel comfortable walking in there alone. And I realized I had that moment of truth working at, at Coker College in South Carolina. We got to do as much as we can to for kids not to have that. And here she had parents who went to college. She had been uh, sheltered and taken care of, and she had every advantage in the world. And still, she felt that way. So, can you imagine a student coming from a much different situation without as much support as she had? How they would feel. And so I have never forgotten that. And every time I go in there, I realize and, and see that um, there's a lot of that still goes on. P young people are very self-conscious and, and with in the digital age with social media, uh, I think it's even worse. So what we do, we try to fight against that. Uh, we have a CARES team and um, we staff and we look for red flags. We look for students that we think are not belonging. And we have a team of people that intervene. So if we, if on a Monday, this team meets, I think every Monday, if, if somebody comes to that team and says, oh, Brad Johnson is, has missed two classes and um, his RA says he hadn't seen him at night in a few times, you know, we are going to look for that person. We are, we are going to wherever the class is and trying to say, hey, you know, is everything okay? We are asking people what's going on. We are calling the football coach or the basketball coach or the tennis coach or the choir director and saying, hey, we, we just want to check on this young person. So it's not perfect. We're not perfect with it, but we are determined about it and we're getting better at it. We're also getting better at looking at data and being able to, to try to sniff out the red flags as soon as we can. For instance, we have uh, what's called a PAWS program, PAWS program. And it's, you, you have to have seven interactions per semester by going to a recital or a lecture or some type of presentation at night. So we expect you to attend seven of those events per semester. And we now have software. When you check in, you, you, give, you give the number and it keeps track. So when students are not um, going to those programs, we now have a, a red flag. And next, this coming year, we're going to be able to say, you know, Brad Johnson has not been but one program and he should have been at six by now. And let's, let's talk to him. So those are some of the things we're doing. It's all, uh, we also are trying to create through our Cothran uh, Center for Career Readiness, an environment where freshmen are beginning immediately to get involved with the Career Center and not wait the second semester, senior year to, to um, start figuring out what they're going to do with their life. And so we, we are trying to, we're trying to create more and more cohorts that they can be involved in and feel like they're a part um, of that. So I'm, I'm going way too long with that answer, but it's, I, we are, I love it. Yeah, it, we're on fire with that, man. It's it's a great place right now. We have been able to unleash um, a lot of innovation, and I have empowered people to try things. And if it, if it doesn't work, doggone it, we'll do something else. But don't be afraid to try something because every student we save is is closer to graduating. The worst thing that can happen 
is for a student to come here for a year or two, incur some debt and leave with debt and no degree. That That is, I, I just can't accept that. And so we are trying our best to, to make sure that doesn't happen. Well, I think it's, you know, you touched upon it so many, you know, key elements to student success, you know, and just that ability, you know, especially when you look at first generation or students that aren't first generation, you know, as you had mentioned, um, to make sure that they stay the course, you know, they don't jump to a job that they believe, hey, this is a great per hour job, I can bring in money now. And over here, you know, this is debt without seeing, you know, well, wait a minute, if you get this degree, here's what, here's what you can do with that. Yeah, it's, it's not natural to ask for help. I've realized that. And that goes for people who work here, for people that um, come through here. And we have to make it easy for them. So we have put our career center to right above our coffee shop. And in the new campus center that we're building, it's going to be on the main floor. So you got to really try hard not to, not to go there. We also think this career center is going to lead to many more summer internships we're getting better at connecting young people to summer opportunities. And it's, it's part of um, deciding what you wanna do with your life. Maybe, maybe you're not cut out to be a lawyer. Maybe you worked in a, in, as an intern in a law office during summer and you're like, uh-uh, no, that, that's not for me. So we're helping students maybe eliminate some things rather than having a romantic view of, of what a job is like. Well, and when you talk about career readiness and internships, uh, what, what does experiential learning look like on, on campus? Well, the experiential side, we are so close to Asheville, um, lots right. of opportunities, but we, are, we have, let me, let me start back. About two years into my time as president, we received this incredible gift from John and Jeanette Cothran. They had funded a center for uh, career discernment at Furman University and John went to Furman and Jeanette went to Mars Hill and so my first my first year or so I went to to see them long story short uh, John and Jeanette have funded the Catherine Center for Career Readiness mm -hmm. uh, and so as part of that there they have funded and given us the ability to really create a new program at Mars Hill that will immerse students into the experiential side of learning. And so we are in the process of building that. I am about to take a tour of a couple of uh, schools in, in the middle of the state in North Carolina, close to where you went, and to really get some ideas. So we are building that, that model. Um, we have a lot of, of trips during the year. We have mission trips. We have uh, lots, of, lots of things going on, but long story short, into the future, we expect that the Cawthorne Center is gonna be the conduit for the experiential learning part. We have a master's of management uh, program, which has a, a internship requirement of, you know, you, you spend a semester embedded into uh, a job or into a, into a company we have some of our majors who do that as well. And of course, our teachers are, are doing practice teaching. So we have a lot of that, but it's not really going through the Cawthorne Center yet. And we hope in years to come that the Cawthorne Center with that, that gift behind it is gonna have some firepower that will really make us special and make us distinctive, I, I believe. 
Well, and, and you know, you mentioned mission. Um, so how do you make sure that mission is not lost and the focus is not lost, um, you know, and, and, and it really is, you know, core and central to everything that students do as you continue to grow, as you add online or residential students as well? Yeah, well, you have to keep it front and center. So our board of trustees uh, on every agenda and in every meeting, they reviewed the mission statement before they start the meeting to remind them of the big decisions that are looming and, and what, what that means. Uh, we talk about the mission statement here a lot, and I believe it's, it's really been a galvanizing force, especially during the pandemic, but you just have to work at it. You have to talk about it all the time. And, and also with the Cawthorn Center, that is an example. We said that this gift uh, targeted to the mission statement, which is part of the mission statement is connecting students to the world of work, that is a perfect fit and something we were hanging our hat on. So when you ask me what are the top three things I'm working on, I gave you Campus Center number one, Cawthorn Center is right up there in the top five and um, if not in the top three. So we are, we are trying our best to keep the mission front and center and creating the good citizens. You know, I think it, a lot of mission statements have that. I don't know that a lot of people are measuring that. And uh, Mars Hill is serious about that. And our heritage here of how we have created a lot, a lot of people who've gone out and been good citizens through teaching, preaching, those type of things in the, in the years and past. Now we have nursing school. Now we have these vibrant master's programs. We're turning out a lot of social workers, turning out a lot of healthcare people, or turning out nurses, you know, in the middle of a pandemic. So we're living on mission. I'm very proud. I'm very proud of this institution for staying close to its, to its mission and serving Western North Carolina. Western North Carolina is uh, challenged. It's economically challenged, it's challenged with education, it's challenged with the arts, and we are an oasis for those things in these mountains. And I'm very proud that we are, we are part of that. Well, President Tony Floyd, it's been a great pleasure. Thank you for so much for being a guest on the, on the Plexus podcast series. Thank you, it's, it's been nice to talk to you. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for joining the Plexus Presidential Podcast Series. For more information on the series, please visit us at plexus.com forward slash solutions. Thank you.